Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. And today, I'm very fortunate to be joined by a couple of my colleagues down in Homer, Alaska. This is going to be Valerie Buss and Becky Turkington. They kind of specialize in the, the Homer area, um, and they're going to be talking about their experience of living at the end of the road and really what their um, what their perspective is of um, living in that area. So ladies, thank you very much for joining today. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. So let's go and just jump into this then. So what is it that brought you guys to living at the end of the road in Homer? Uh, I'll go. So I, um, this is Valerie. I was born and raised in Homer. I'm a third generation in Homer. I, but I left Homer once I graduated high school. I moved up the road just to Anchorage, uh, went to school for a short time, and then um, got into my career in law in Anchorage. And then after living there for about eight years, decided that we wanted to move back down to Homer. Um, we, we found that we were coming down almost every weekend, especially in the winter time to go snow machining out to our remote cabin. And then in the summers, we were down here every weekend, uh, just going fishing and recreating. And so we figured we might as well move to Homer and it was initially just our five-year plan, but then COVID happened. So that kind of, um, put the pressure on and we moved down a lot quicker, more faster than what we were anticipating, <laughs> but we're happy to be back. <clears throat> Yeah, I imagine so. And third generation, you don't meet a whole lot of people who can say that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I don't know those of you who are listening, if you're really a Homer buffs, but I think there's only like a population just shy of like 6,000, if I recall correctly. Correct. Yep. Yeah. In the, in the wintertime. Yeah. So are there like any other like families or, you know, anyone else in that area that kind of has that, um, has the, those deep roots in that area? Well, actually, Becky's family. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, my in-laws. So I married a, I guess, third generation Homerite. Um, and it was the same thing. We got married up here in 2019. Um, and our plan was to be up here within five years. And then the pandemic happened. And so that moved everything forward. Um, so I've been here for about two years. So Valerie and I working together, it's kind of nice because she has this perspective of she's pretty much always lived in Homer, at least just been around here. Um, and then I'm new to Alaska. So I get this different perspective of like, if you're just moving here, what are the things that you're going to be surprised by? Uh, hauling water was a big <laughs> one. I was like, come again. You have to what? <laughs> There's not city utilities. No. That's a, a big one out here in Homer. Um, but yeah, I have gotten to fall in love with it as an adult um, and learned a lot from Valerie just about the area and from my husband and his family. But yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was, um, so Becky, what was your first impression of Homer then? Because if you're, you're coming in from out of state, um, Homer's, Homer's a bit of a different animal. I mean, I, every small Alaskan community is, but you know, what was your, your first impression of coming in? Yeah. So I visited Homer 20 years ago. I came up to work in Kenai at um, a fish cannery when I was like 20 years old. And we came down just for the day to kind of 
play around and see Homer. And we drove out to the spit, which I mean, it's just amazing. Like it just takes your breath away. Like that's just a whole different, I don't know. It's just a very unique part of Homer. Um, but there was a, there's a boat there yeah. that, that uh, these people have been living in forever. And that's what I remember from even 20 years ago that I was like, what a very Alaskan thing. It's this old boat. They're just living out on the spit, um, a completely different lifestyle. People in Alaska are very, uh, I, I don't know, they really get down to the necessities of life because you have to. It takes so much more effort to live here. I uh, was born and raised in the Midwest. I lived in Missouri for most of my life. <clears throat> and you don't have snowstorms like this. It's like you don't have to worry about having your driveway plowed before you can go to work because you can't get out. And I even lived in Utah and there was a lot of snow, but it was in the city where here in Homer, I mean, you really have to depend on your neighbors and, and think ahead. Everyone's always like thinking for the next season, you have to, or you are going to be in trouble. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh there's definitely a lot of that. I mean, that kind of makes me laugh to hear that there that guy was still living in that boat like oh, 20 years are. ago. Still, yeah. 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 I mean, crazy. gone down there a couple times and it's like, "Oh, that's cool. I wonder how recently they moved in, but at least 20 years ago." Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think oh. it was actually on an episode of what is that show called? Oh, the Alaska the Last Frontier. And they were patching the boat because the tide was coming in and like water was coming into the boat. Like, That's how that boat got there. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Got a hole in it and it washed it up there and, <laughs> and they've been there ever since. Yep. They're still going to fix it up though. It's still going to be seaworthy one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, outstanding. And I'm glad to, you know, kind of hear what you said about it, always having to kind of think ahead and, you know, really, um, yeah, think ahead and figure out what you're going to need to do to be prepared for the next season. Um, that's something I, I feel like everyone's going to do it regardless where they're at to a certain extent. But in Alaska, it's, I mean, it gets cranked up to level 10 because, I mean, I'm already having to think about the summer, springtime right now mm -hmm. in South Central Alaska. And it's like we just got dumped on like four or five feet of snow and, right. um, you know, having to go around and go, okay, I'm going to have to get the snow like a good solid 10, 20 feet away from the side of my house, just because when that melts, all that water is going to go into my crawl space if I don't. So I know exactly right. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can you guys kind of um, describe what the climate is like over in Homer? Are we talking about like the negative 50 degrees, um, like what you have over in Fairbanks or what kind of climate are we talking about? It's much more mild here. Yeah, Homer's a very mild, mild for weather. And it, it, it's funny. So I have property on, it's called Catchmack Drive, which is right at the base of the Homer Spit and overlooks, it's it's right on the bluff. And down there, we have green grass there right now because the snow has melted and it's been raining. But then I also, my primary residence is on, it's called Diamond Ridge, which is up on the hill. And we have about two to three feet of snow up there. So it's it's funny it's a funny climate with being by the ocean it keeps it very moderate um i mean we got hit 
I, I don't think I've ever seen the weather being the negatives in Homer. I know it's happened, um, but it's, it's very rare to be the negatives, which is nice. Yeah. And it, it's interesting with Homer because they have like areas where it can like, look like, you know, Alaska with, uh, you know, tons of snow all over the place. And then you get closer down to the water and it just feels like a colder part of Oregon. So it's, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I mean I was actually looking at I can't remember what it's called like the is it the solstice run I can't remember what it's called but it's like a, a big event that happens like every year there I think in February I was looking at it and I was like ah oh, that looks thirty seven mile race mm-hmm. in the cold that ugh. <laughs> No in the thing. summer, that's my jam, but not so much in the winter time. But yeah, I was like, oh, that is a lot of snow. I didn't know they had that much in Homer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, up on the hill. And I feel like Homer has so many different climates just in this small area because you do go, we have East and West Hill. And as soon as you get up there, you're, you know, at the top and it's, it's a completely different climate than down here um, where we are in town or out on the spit. So you don't have to go far. I mean, Valerie <clears throat> lives out on um, the Diamond Diamond Ridge area. And when I was living in town, we would message each other. And it was like, she has like three feet of snow. And I was like, we, it's raining. There's nothing happening here right now. So. And uh, to kind of give people context, like how, how much of a distance as the crow flies are we talking there? Oh, as the crow flies, two miles. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's what I was all. thinking. Okay. <laughs> and it's nice in the wintertime. However, we do, we do kind of get the short end of the stick in the summertime because then our summers are very mild as well. So the average temperature is 65 degrees um, rather than up north where you're at in Anchorage, you know, you're closer to 70, 75, even 80 sometimes. So the, the summers are a lot more mild as well and a little cooler. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that trade off, but I mean, also you guys have like those, you know, big, majestic, like mountains all the way around. You've got those, uh, those fields and the flowers and everything. So. Oh, the view and the scenery 110% makes up for the, the temperature. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So how would you describe the kind of the overall culture in Homer? Hmm. I would describe it as quaint. Um, and it's funny. I was just actually thinking about the culture in Homer and how, how it makes you feel just yesterday when I was driving down the road, there was a woman walking and she was walking like completely in the middle of the lane that I was driving down. And I, it didn't even phase me. You know, I just got over in the other lane. We both waved at each other and kept on our way. But I felt when I lived in Anchorage, you know, you get that road rage because you're just around so many people and everybody is just looking out for themselves. But in Homer, I mean, everybody's looking out for each other. And so you just have like a, a good neighbor, neighborly and community feeling is how I would explain it. Yeah. It's a very close knit community, which I think can be good and bad. Yeah, it has its perks and its uh, downsides. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I think that there's this community that they have always lived here. Um, they're very proud of their community and their town and sometimes I think that makes it hard for things to change and to grow um so I've only lived here for two years I was 
shocked at most of my friends that I have met since I moved here also just moved here with the pandemic huge numbers of people were moving into Homer because now they can work from anywhere. Um, you can sit at home on your computer and as long as you have internet, you can work anywhere. Um, so that was, there's this whole new community. Um, I'm 40 and I feel like it was, it's a lot of like 30, 40 ish yeah. uh, age range of people moving in, which is fun to see because they're just bringing new ideas to the community. Um, yeah, and then we still have the old timers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is there, um, <laughs> yeah, so how, I mean, have you guys seen any um, any changes in Homer just with that, uh, <clears throat> kind of with that uh, development happening? Have you guys seen any, any changes yet one way or the other? I would say a slight shift in changes. I think right now the biggest thing is, you know, we are getting a lot of folks coming from out of state, bringing more like innovative ideas, businesses to Homer. And I would say the biggest change that we've seen is just the perspective from residents, you know, finally accepting that change is okay. And Homer can still be its, um, you know, the small little great town that it is, but also having more amenities and more and just, and having that change. Um, so that, that's the biggest thing I've seen is people's mindset has started to shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. And I mean, also, I guess everywhere in a small community, you're always going to have some kind of, um, I'm going to call it a hazing period where you kind of <laughs> have to, you kind of have to, uh, wait a little bit till you become part of the crowd. And, yes. Um, yeah. And that is very true for Homer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, kind of came from a small town. I think it was like populate, I mean, Hardin, Montana population. I think it was like 500 or something like that. So yeah, really, really small uh, town back in the day. <clears throat> All right. So let me ask you this. Uh, we kind of already touched on this and I, I think I kind of know the answer already, but what kind of people decide to settle down in Homer? I mean, I think it's, everyone we have retirees that are coming here to be snowbirds uh they're just here for the mild summer and then they're gone <clears throat> um and then we have young families that again like i said are up here because they can work anywhere um it, it seems to be every everything i feel like there's something for everyone in homer anyone that enjoys the great outdoors uh, especially winter sports and fishing um i think that there's a huge for young families i think that homer is an amazing place we moved here um because my husband taught when he talked about his childhood in homer it was just this like magical childhood <clears throat> he grew up on his grandparents property which had been you know passed down to his parents and this huge property that they would just like run through hay fields and he has all these stories of walking from like the school bus up to the house and like being chased by moose and getting in pushki wars with his brother and siblings um and then even seeing like my nieces and nephews up here, I last winter was our first winter here. I actually drove off of the driveway because I was trying to take a photo of my nieces and nephews uh, sledding down the hay field. They were just having 
such an amazing time. And it was, I mean, they've been out there for hours. I was driving in the truck, paying too much attention to how much fun they were having. But Homer is just that idyllic place to to grow up in. I think Valerie can say the same about her childhood here. So I think there are a lot of young families um, moving in just for that. I would alone. say, yeah, the demographic that's been moving in has been more you know, late twenties to, to mid forties, opposed to when people, Homer used to be referred to as a retirement community where folks would live here in the summertime and then snowbird in the wintertime. But we're seeing a lot of those who are snowbirding in Homer, they're in that younger demographic. Right. And I guess that kind of brings me to my next question here. So is there kind of a high turnover rate of people in Homer or once they get in there, are they they're they're not really going anywhere once they get in. So I know in places like um, like Eagle River, it is like you know mostly it's military folks there. So it is just like a revolving door every three four years. You know it feels like it's a whole new town. <laughs> well, I can tell you for our lack of listings right now that <laughs> there is not much turnover. Yeah, but no, Homer is definitely. I would say the average person, you know, if they're not here for their, the majority of their lifetime, it would be the 10 to 15 years. Um, and a lot of people too, if they decide not to come back to Homer, they hang on to their properties. It's, it's hard for them to sell what they have in Homer. Right. So do most people in Homer, do they work remotely or is there a, like certain industries where a lot of people will work in that? I would say now since COVID, a lot of them work remotely. You know, our industry, our our economy, I mean, is based solely on on tourism. Uh, so in the summertime, it's everybody's working. You know, whether it's um, in hotels, uh, fishing charters, working at the mm -hmm. processing plants, all of that. But then come winter time, majority I would mm -hmm. say is folks who work from home. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that uh, that does make sense. That uh, definitely does make sense. And I imagine, man, how much does the population just shoot up overnight here in the summertime? So right now, within the Homer city limits, we're just under about 6,000, like you had said earlier. Come summertime, that, that number is closer to 14,000. Yeah, so that, yeah. Uh, that can shoot up pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do most yeah. of the restaurants just shut down completely during the wintertime? Anything on the spit does, um, except for Lands Inn, which is in the hotel. Um, anything on the spit, I mean, they have to shut down because they ha don't have water out there. They shut off the utilities. It's too hard to, obviously, everything out there would freeze. Um, <clears throat> it's all on boardwalks. Um, and in town, a lot of them will stay open, but they will take long breaks. So they typically are, you know, shutting down for two or three weeks here and there just to get through the winter. Um but yeah, it's not a consistent, it, when you visit Homer in the wintertime, nothing is consistent. It's, everybody is just on wintertime. They are getting up late. They are closing their businesses early. Uh, everybody wants to hibernate, which I think is probably Alaska in general. So. That, uh, that does sound pretty familiar. Yes. <laughs> So as far as the housing goes, you've kind of mentioned having to like haul water in. Um, what are some other things that makes the the housing situation in Homer so unique? I would say a lot of our properties are not on 
city utilities. And so whether you're having to haul water, which is really easy to do. It's, I know. Yes. A lot of people easy. get freaked out by that. But I mean, we have a water company that delivers your water on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly basis, whenever you need it. Um, and then other folks are on wells. And so that's mm-hmm. um, different for a lot of people. And then, of course, we have private septic systems. Um, so that's a big challenge. I mean, this last year, we joke that septic systems are the bane of our jobs right now. Yes, because we had so many issues. We had so much groundwater in the spring. Um, It was flooding the leach fields and causing the septic systems to fail. So that was a hurdle to jump through for a lot of homeowners and and sellers. We got to learn a lot about septic systems. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys, uh, do you have any rules saying like a septic tank, like over a certain age just automatically fails or has Homer not done that yet? Okay. No, Homer hasn't done that. And we are not like Anchorage. We're we're not regulated by the municipality. Um, We, and so they, and they don't have to be DEC approved. So it's just a matter of the engineer saying whether or not the leach field and the septic tank are adequate. And then it's up to the buyer to determine if they want to move forward or not. But we have no regulation on it. Yeah. Well, that, that really does make sense. Another one is maintained roads. A lot of our roads are not maintained by the borough or the city. And so um, a lot of neighborhoods have neighborhood agreements on who plows the road. And it's typically the neighbor that lives at the end of the road is responsible for that so they can get out. So that's another hurdle that we have to jump through down here that I wouldn't say is the norm in, yeah. in other places. Yeah. Um, and natural gas is only like for a certain area they have not yeah. it's not expanded that far um when my husband and i were looking for a home of course i was like i want city utilities i want natural gas i want to be on city water city sewer the house we bought has none of that <laughs> but it does have amazing views so there's a trade-off here yeah yeah i mean that's one thing because i was actually looking at getting a place down in homer like guess this time last year and I saw some amazing options but I was like yeah everything I was noticing there's no there's no gas you've got like a I don't know if it's a drum or a barrel which is the correct term but uh we'll say like a drum of like oil on the down drum yeah <laughs> there we go there we go drum yeah. of oil on the side and I was like uh, I don't know if I like that but you know it's it's you're gonna find this is what I've really found like talking with agents from all over the state. Like it's really interesting to see how the environment demands. You just have different mm-hmm. setups for everywhere. Cause I was talking with uh, Robin long down in Juneau and she said, yeah, for us, it's a big deal with like, we've got entire systems set up to like filter rainwater mm-hmm. as it comes in. Cause we've got so much rain down here. So, right. So yeah, yeah. That, that's always fascinating. And those things are not, I mean, like we were talking about, they, they're new. I was definitely new to that. Again, I'm from Missouri where it was central air and heat. It's just different up here. And once you, you know, get into the community and see the houses and see that like the utilities are not that big of a deal. Same thing with the oil. You know, you see that on the side of the house, they just come automatically. Like you just sign up with the oil company. They come, they fill it up, they send you the bill. It's not that stressful. Um, the water situation, not that stressful. They just come automatically. There's always the port on the side of the house. They fill it up. So you don't even notice once you're in the house, but it is something new to be aware of. Um, 
and septic systems, I'm like, they're all over the country. It's just, I think, more common here because there are so many rural houses outside of city limits. Yep, absolutely. So what do you guys do there if you have like, um, you know, let's just say it's Friday night, beginning of the weekend. Um, what do you guys do for like downtime? You know, which I know that's. Um, I'm like, what is that? Yeah, what is that? Well, Talking yeah. to two moms. So. I mean, it. It really differs from summer to winter. So in the winter time, I have a cabin out at a remote lake um, that's accessible by a snow machine or snowmobile for those of you in the lower 48. Uh, it's There's a bunch of cabins out there. A lot of people from town go out there to recreate for the weekend. Um, so that's a really fun thing to do. A lot of people like to cross-country ski, go snowshoeing. Uh, it's definitely a lot of outdoorsy stuff in the wintertime. Um, like Becky had said, the restaurants, you never know when they're going to be open or not. So you don't really want to count on going out to dinner on a Friday night because you're not sure. Um, other than that, hibernating in the dark yeah. <laughs> in your home. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that checks out. So even though some of them might be um, a little inconsistent and in when they're open, uh, do you guys have any favorite restaurants? Of course. Yes. AJ Steakhouse is like the best steak. It's so good. They have the best food. You do have to book a reservation. They seem to always be busy, but that's like the, the nice fancy dinner. We went there for new year's Eve. Um, really good food, but there's lots of other ones. Like the, we like to go to the twisted goat. Um, and Alice's champagne palace has some really good cocktails. Yeah. They're so a good place for, for <laughs> cocktails with a casual setting, mm -hmm. with good cocktails. And then the alibi, which I love that used alibi. to be a dive bar and is now a restaurant, but inside a dive bar. So the atmosphere is funny, but it's quirky. It's Homer, but the food yeah. is delicious. They have the best shrimp tacos yes. by far. I'll definitely have to make time for those next time I'm there then. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what are the, what are the schools like? We ask that a lot. It's, you know, with COVID it's really changed and you, and you know, there's, both sides of the political spectrum that I won't get into, but, you know, after COVID, you know, I've heard that neither Becky or I have children in, in school. And so we're, we're not involved in that sense. Um, overall, we've heard nothing but positive things about the school system in Homer. Of course, we don't have, you know, we're not a school First that's hand. recognized for <laughs> sending scholars to, you know, all these elite places. Um, I will feel, I feel like just, moving here and and talking to my nieces and nephews like uh one of the elementary schools mcneil anyone that talks about that school in particular talks about how amazing it is it's kind of a different culture like i feel like a more artsy side like they're much more open out there uh, it's a school that my husband went to and still talks about how amazing it was um and then they have other options here they hit there's the fireweed school which is a um what do you call it? Is it like a, a charter school? A charter school. Yeah, mm -hmm. a private charter school. The one unique thing about Homer is that we don't have school districts. So you can send your kid to any of the schools. You don't have to live in a, a certain area. And you can go up to Anchor Point. There's an elementary school all the way up to grade eight in Anchor Point. It's called Chapman that you could send your child to. Or you could go to McNeil, which Becky was talking about, which is about 12 miles out East End Road. Um, or you can send your kids to the elementary schools right in town. So mm -hmm. we do have a variety of schools. Yeah, I think there's something for everyone. You just kind of have to 
depending on which way your family leans, I guess. And all of them offer, you know, multiple after-school activities and are very involved with community. And so it's a good all-around mm -hmm. great school system. Good deal. So I know we just got a couple more minutes left here and you guys kind of alluded to it before, but um, can you talk a little bit about what the housing market looks like? Um, if I am, if I'm wanting to buy something, what would you say? And if, shoot, if I'm wanting to rent something, what would you say? So we just got our first listing, not us, but a listing came on the market today, which was the first residential listing in 14 days for Homer. Um, so right now listings are, are pretty scarce. Our, our average sale price is right around $515,000 right now. So that's one thing that we want people to keep in mind is we get a lot of buyers who come to Homer and they want acreage, they want privacy, and they want the view. That's what everybody's after. But they have a budget of $250,000. And that, I mean, right now you really can't even get a house without a view, without property under $300,000 that's even financeable by a bank. Mm -hmm. Um so buyers do need to be aware that it is a higher price point in Homer. Um, supply is extremely low. Demand is extremely high. Mm -hmm. um, it's a tourist destination. So you will also pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And then rentals are come winter time. There's a lot more rentals available right now. Um, I know people are easily finding rentals and getting in them come summertime. It's, it's really hard it's to get difficult. into a rental. Yeah. Really? Okay. For some reason, I thought it would be the other way around, where it'd be easier a to find. A lot of rentals are um, short-term rentals in the summertime. And so come winter, all of those properties properties open up um, and are available through the winter months. But then come April, they go back to being uh, vacation rentals. Yeah. Very common for them to kick you out <laughs> April or May so that they can take advantage of that tourist season with the short-term rentals. Um, and it's also very common for, for people to camp on the spit or camp on family property, um, and to just sort of be homeless for the summer. Uh, we have a lot of sunshine, so everybody just kind of wings it for the summertime. A lot of folks too will buy vacant land and then put a travel trailer on the lot. That way they have that secured property with the view and then in the future we'll build. Right. I mean, definitely a brainchild of mine is just buy some land out there that's in one of those big, you know, big open fields with the views, put some hobbit holes out there and boom, you've got a great Airbnb out there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, I do really appreciate your time and kind of your expertise talking about Homer. Um, for those of you who are listening and considering reaching out, certainly feel free to go into the show notes and make sure to, um, you know, make sure to follow the link there. We'll make sure we get you connected with Becky and Valerie. Um, so thank you very much for listening and we'll get you next time. Thank, thank you, Jamie. You.